0: Today in Remote Space, what happens when a take-and-bake bread company becomes a work-from-home business? Hello? Uh, yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today? Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home, not as much fun as you imagined... Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run. Here's your host, Doug Thomas. I'm Doug Thomas. Before suburbs were inundated with artisan bakeries peddling organic ingredients on every street corner, the Essential Baking Company was there, starting in Seattle in 1994 now you can find their bread in markets across the country and order online our guest kendra hubble created and manages the e-commerce store and provides marketing support through her company sassafras digital i want to talk to her about how a side business digital bread sales has changed the industry during a pandemic and about what's changed in her new secondary job yoga instructor I'm talking today with Kendra Hubble. She doesn't bake bread for the Essential Baking Company, but she's wearing a lot of hats, especially now as we're dealing with everyone working online. Kendra, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: If you just kind of go over what you're doing or what your duties that are included at the uh, Essential Baking Company.
1: I am the senior product marketing manager at the Essential Baking Company, and I manage the e-commerce business, which I handle the website, and I do their customer service and make sure the website and the e-store runs smoothly. And I also do their photography.
0: So when you're doing photography and you're doing baked goods, Is there stunt bread that you use for the baking or is that real bread that I could actually
1: eat? It is real bread. Everything is edible. Okay. You're not putting
0: it on lacquer lacquer finish or something like that. So it gleams.
1: (laughs) I don't use anything fake. And in fact, the bread on the garlic bread packaging, that garlic bread, I made that in my own kitchen and shot that. And that was completely edible. That's the real deal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Kendra, as being someone who's been around bakeries and bread for a long time and and has worked with experts, I'm just curious now that everyone has their own sourdough starter, because that's what everyone did during quarantine, what will they do with it once quarantine's over? Did they just stop making sourdough? Or what's the future of the quarantine sourdough starter?
1: Well, they either have to keep feeding that sourdough starter. Otherwise, it's going to just die, unfortunately. So hopefully, they'll either pass it on to other people that want to keep making bread or they'll continue to feed it. I really encourage people to make bread because it's great art. I also like people to buy our bread because it's real sourdough made with an actual starter, just like they're making from home our bread only has simple ingredients. It's just organic flour, water, and sea salt. That's really it. It's super simple ingredients. So yeah, definitely keep feeding those sourdough starters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of a backwards way into, yes, talking about Essential Bakery. And again, trying, as everyone's been seeing that innovation and transformation and being more digital and more online has really been forced in a lot of areas. One area we don't think about is something like a bakery, which if you can just tell a little bit about what happened in March. Now, I just want to make sure essential bakery does a lot of online. You only have one physical cafe though. Is that correct?
1: We originally had three, and our Wallingford Cafe and our Madison Cafe, we recently closed those. And so we're left with our Georgetown Cafe. And our online presence, I was managing our online sales with our website, and that was being run out of our cafe. That represented a small bit of our business. The main part of our business is our wholesale business what's in the grocery stores, what you see at Costco, and other online retailers. That's the the bulk of our business. And our little online store suddenly started to take off in March. I started to see that business grow and had to raise some flags. And we had to move that business to our main order desk. And now it's a thing. Now it's a legitimate big part of our business along with our other online retailers. So it's pretty exciting.
0: So in that sense of when things quote unquote go back to normal, the new normal for your company may be more presence online. Are you growing orders for people online who can't go to stores or are you growing orders for people who are just searching for stuff online and find that more easy
1: to do? People used to be comfortable going to the grocery store. And what's unique about our bread is it doesn't contain any preservatives. It's organic. And... We have a couple of different products. So we have our artisan fresh bread that comes in a bag that you have to go to the store and buy daily. We also have our take-and-bake bread that comes in individually packaged essential fresh seal packaging that makes it shelf-stable for three months unopened. You finish baking it yourself in your oven so you have fresh baked bread. We also have a gluten free line that is also in that packaging. And so, what is so attractive to the customer in the current situation is that our bread is organic, it's preservative free, it's individually packaged, and it's shelf stable. So, where before, with a preservative-free organic bread, you would have to go to the grocery store every day to get that fresh bread. Or if even you're making it at home yourself, you're having to actually make that bread with your natural starter every day. We use natural starters. Our natural starters that we've used from the beginning of the start of our company we use those natural starters with a very long fermentation process, up to 20 hours of fermentation. So it's a true sourdough and that long fermentation creates a variety of flavor profiles. So you're getting that in a product that will last three months unopened in your pantry. So you could essentially buy a case of it online from our store or any of our online retailers, whereas before they thought, wow, that's a lot of bread. How am I going to go through that so fast, right? Now they're like, I don't want to go to the grocery store and risk exposure. And
0: do you, do you see more sales in the, the take and bake versus not taken bake? I guess I would call it a fresh bread versus the take and bake.
1: Yeah, exactly. So as of May 31st versus our prior year in just our online sector, we're up 1.3 million. So it's 1,256% over the prior year.
0: So your company, again, is doing this kind of pivot of when most people are thinking about a bakery they're thinking about that's uh, an essential business we can keep you know somebody there people will be able to go in and shop but you've kind of pivoted that you had to take those people and put them into just making the breads for these bigger orders
1: yeah and so i'm giving you the positive side the sad negative side is that there's the whole restaurant the wholesale side of the business that is completely wiped out. That's a huge side of our business. All the restaurants that are closed, we serve Microsoft cafes, all the restaurants and the Puget Sound, that's completely gone right now. So that's a huge, huge loss. So the pivot that we're having to do is focus on trying to strum up that online business.
0: So this large company is pivoting from where the bread goes, what's the makeup of the bread being made. And then this little almost side business of digital and online is now the backbone of a business for a time being. Talk to me about that, working from your home, the setup and uh, the success stories or or times that you tripped in the last uh, several weeks.
1: It's really funny. So my dad is the president and CEO and one of the owners of the Essential Baking Company. And I've always been somebody who has jobs that work from home. I have done jobs as a contractor at Microsoft, and my dad never was ever comfortable or familiar with having employees work from home. So once this came around... It was kind of funny. My dad had to have a lot of office employees, including myself, work from home. And it was very eye-opening and interesting. I talked to my dad about it, and he even said, it's been amazing. Everybody's been so productive, including myself, and we've been getting so much done
0: And what's worked for people on that measure, since I assume most of this was done face-to-face beforehand?
1: In the office, they were very used to the drive-by communication style. Walk by the desk and, hey, how about this? So the more scheduled meetings is what's working. And I think that's helping with the reduced stress, increasing efficiency. and just with work-life balance as well.
0: Stereotypically, uh, bakers are are known to be up at crazy hours. You're not doing meetings at 3 a.m., are
1: you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) But the bakers are there. Absolutely. And the thing with all of this, they've always been under extreme measures of having to be clean and wear masks and hairnets and having to wash hands and everything. So not much has changed there for them. It's a very, very clean environment. So they're really used to that.
0: Well, I want to change the subject a little bit because there's another part of your world that's been changed. Well, everything's been changed. But you were studying to be a yoga instructor in the middle of this Talk about a little bit of your education and how your education changed halfway through uh, instruction of trying to be a yoga instructor now online.
1: Yeah, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2017 and went through seven months of chemotherapy and eight surgeries, which brought me to May of last year. And I decided to do yoga teacher training. It was something that I always wanted to do. One of my dear friends, Lara Ederer and Deekla Kafka, have Viveka Yoga Teacher Training School. And I decided to finally do it. And so October 19th, I started. And with this amazing group of people... They all had these, like, amazing life stories, totally different than mine, but everybody had been through some crazy story, and we began teacher training together, and this teacher training, we learned about asana, pranayama. We learned about anatomy and philosophy and ashtanga, hatha, restorative yoga, and yin. I did it for my healing, not only my healing, but I also did it with the intent to, I wanted to give back. And my hope is to teach people going through treatment or survivors of cancer or people in recovery of some kind. So we were going in our teacher training, and all of a sudden, the pandemic happened. And you have to be in person through this teacher training. And so how yoga certification works is there's the Yoga Alliance. Yoga Alliance is like the thing that makes your yoga certification legit. And they required in-person teacher training. And so what was happening was they were pivoting as well as things were developing with the pandemic. And so our teachers were paying attention to what was going on there. And we were able to quickly go online to transfer to online training. So we started doing online training and doing yoga online. And it was, it was actually fascinating because I really realized I'm actually a pretty technical person, and I realized that that became an enriching experience for me. It added a whole other aspect to yoga for me, and all of a sudden, I gained access to a bunch of different yoga studios because all of a sudden, all of these other yoga studios around the country started doing online yoga. And then I suddenly was able to take yoga at these other studios and see these different teacher styles of yoga.
0: So the certification is doing an amount of hours, not necessarily with the same instructor. So it allowed you to have multiple instructors to gain your hours. And and it sounds like gain more access to different types of teaching.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so the Yoga Alliance approved us to continue the teacher training online and we were able to finish on May 17th. They said that we do have to get back together to learn safe assists in person once we're able to get that many people together. So we've promised them that we're going to do that. But yeah, so I'm officially certified and now I'm in the process of trying to get together like an online teaching. So I'm I'm teaching friends and family online right now.
0: And so how does uh, so I want to this is great because I'm trying to get a picture of this and I want you to describe it, because I think when most people think of suddenly online classes or online this now, it's either a one to one thing or it's a Zoom screen with Twenty faces. So, would there be ten people, and your their cameras back away from the computer, and you're trying to see what they're doing? How, how does an online yoga class work?
1: As a student through my local yoga studio here by my house, I sign up online as I normally would for whatever class that I want to take. And 15 minutes before the class, they'll send me a link, and I'll click on the link to Zoom, and then I'll see the teacher and the other students that have logged in. And those students can opt to have their video screen on or off. And then the teacher mutes everybody. And then they, they start the class. And the teacher may be at the studio or they may be at their house. And the studio here is basically sharing screen so that the teacher's screen is showing. And then they teach the class. And then I take the class in the privacy of my own home. And then at the end of the class, the teacher will come on and say hi. And all of us have the option to turn on our microphone and say hi. So then you have this feeling of community that you're missing from not being in the studio.
0: Okay. So it's, again, some ways you know, for people who took exercise videotapes and, and discs and all that, when, when that was the rage, in some ways, it's almost the same as it's one instructor telling you what to do. You know, the few yoga classes I've been to occasionally, the instructor will, you know, come through and look at what you're doing and give you a suggestion or whatever. That's not being done though. It's just basically almost like a, a videotaping of a certain class. And then the community part and the questions come at the end. Is that right?
1: So it depends. It depends on what you're taking. So there's a workshop that I'm doing actually with one of my yoga teacher training teachers on handstands. It's a handstand workshop that I'm taking every Thursday live for an hour and a half. There's eight of us in the class and it's interactive and she's watching us and she's giving us pointers so she can see what we're doing. And I was literally trying to do a handstand and she was looking and she could see she's in her studio at her house and i'm in my bedroom and she's telling me kendra look in between your hands not straight ahead so i'm getting feedback instead of just watching a video
0: wow so is the you're on your computer and the computer's on the bed is that
1: so i'm i have my laptop and I'm pointing it at myself, and I'm trying to do a handstand towards the wall. She was giving this drill on how to, like, she had us with a chair, and we were using the chair to walk up to a handstand. And my gaze was not in the proper place, and she was able to tell that. So isn't that cool? I loved it. Yeah.
0: That's fabulous. I'm also waiting for the uh, comedy sitcom that will happen later with when everyone falls down and falls on their very expensive computer and breaks it because they're trying to do hand, hand.
1: Well, so that brings up the other thing. So like me as a teacher knew, you know, cause I'm just delving into this world. It was an interesting time for us as a teacher training group, because we were looking at things like usually when you go to a studio, you're signing a waiver. We're looking at things like, we have to have people sign waivers for taking our classes online. And like, how do we get insurance? And we need to be able to guide people in an online forum. So I think as instructors pivoting to an online forum, like existing teachers that have been teaching for years and new teachers, we're learning how to do this in a different way. And the interesting thing was, as I was mentioning before, the benefit of being in this pandemic situation and getting to take classes from teachers and studios in other places. I um, signed up for a studio in Walnut Creek, California, and I ended up having a phone conversation with her. And she was telling me how she's been teaching cancer patients one-on-one. So that was great. That's something that Maybe I can consider doing in the future up here.
0: So, when you started your yoga instructing in October of 2019, were you thinking at all at that point of when you teach, you'll be doing anything online, or was it all your thought to do everything in studio?
1: I had no thought of doing anything online. Like, I didn't even think of that at all. I thought I was thinking of doing everything in studio or potentially doing the classes at the hospital.
0: And let's go 18 months from now. What do you think that makeup might be? Do you think you'll be doing just studio or just online? Or what do you think that mixture will be?
1: Now the online is looking more attractive, especially with what's going on, especially with a more at-risk population. I'm working on a, a trauma informed yoga class online right now and realizing that people might feel safer at home in that population and that I could help that population. this situation opened more doors, i think in my mind
0: yeah no totally i i I think that's again something we wouldn't even have of you said thought of and now it seems like there might be great benefit for that especially as you said with with at risk population or someone who just feels more comfortable at home as long as uh, the paperwork as you say can be ironed out which i got to believe there's a team of lawyers somewhere in the world working on that right now for the for all industries as we deal with this new world
1: right You know, it was interesting with Yoga Alliance and talking about the safe assists and us really realizing we can verbally tell people how to make adjustments, you know, and as long as we can find ways to see people through the screen, and as long as we don't have too many people and just figuring out that sort of thing, I think this is, this is all new and... But I think it's really exciting and it it really paired, I think, my technical knowledge. It merged my technical knowledge and this new yoga knowledge together in a way that I didn't expect.
0: Well, that's great. It's um, being at the right place at the right time. And and it's great when that kind of stuff comes together. Kendra Hebel, thank you for your time. Good luck in your newfound passion of uh, being a yoga instructor and making sure everyone uh, has fresh bread from the Essential Bakery Company. Thank you very much for your time today, Kendra.
1: Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space.